At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, Dale Lukeville. Thank you very much for joining me. Welcome to the show. This is your weekend recap and rant, although I guess... Well, I mean, a little weekend activity. This one goes back to uh, last Thursday and Friday. That would be August 5th and 6th, which is the Minnesota Bass Nation Tournament of Champions. And this was held down on pools four and five. Um, the end five is kind of an important thing. Um, a lesson in paying attention to details. <laughs> so I thought it was just pool four. Turns out it's pool four and five. Well, you know, kind of limited myself to some waters, but I don't think ultimately it really made much of a difference for me personally. It made a big difference for other people, uh, but not so much for me. So, anyways, let's let's go back just a little bit. So a couple weeks ago. Uh, if you're new to the show, anyways, uh, my club, Loon State Bassmasters, had our uh, we had two events down there in these same waters. Now we kind of do the same thing every year. We have two of our six events are on the same waters that the state tournament is on, the TOC. It's kind of a built-in um, scouting pre-fishing weekend. You know, um, works pretty good. I like it. And so this year was on pool four and five. Again, thinking it was just pool four. But, I mean, I only had so much time. And I had, like, zero previous knowledge of this water. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I had, like, 1% knowledge. So one time, like, one day I fished it, part of it, like... Not that serious. Like, uh, it was a weekend. We were staying in Wisconsin. I would just get out here and there. It wasn't like an all-day fishing thing. I was also in, like, the spring, so it wouldn't even have mattered. Um, So I don't even really count that. But 
head down there to have no scouting whatsoever. I'm just like, I'm looking at satellite images. I'm lo- looking at Navionics, just trying to get an idea like where these wing dams are, um, backwaters, you know, stuff like that. Trying to, you know, satellite imagery, looking for green stuff, you know, on the right picture and just trying to come up with a plan to, you know, tackle this without ever being on the water. I mean, <laughs> and as luck would have it in the club event, I draw the first boat. So it's like, oh, perfect. I have the, you know, that's generally what you want on a tournament. But when you don't really know where you're going, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, but I did have some spots I picked out on the maps that I thought could be good. Um, so I took off there. Um, I don't want to recap that whole thing. In fact, so if, if you if you want the prequel to this, you can go back uh, a couple weeks in the, one of my other recap and rants, and you'll you'll find that episode. Um, but so what had happened? I, I won the first day. I won Saturday with my club, and then I took second place on on Sunday, which was great. I needed that because I missed the first two events um, completely. So obviously getting zeros on those. So as far as chasing the AOI in my club kind of put me in a big hole. So first and second definitely is going to help. Need to finish strong with our last two events and see what, what happens there. But I did learn at least a small chunk of the river and felt confident about a couple of the spots that I, that I had. So come time for the tournament, again, I didn't have time to pre-fish or scout you know in hindsight i might have been able to squeeze it in but it's about two hours from my house so it's not super convenient it's not like i just run over there real quick um so i just i didn't really have time to do any pre-fishing or scouting and i just kind of thought that i wasn't gonna really find much that would have changed my mind um however i found out pretty much the day of the event that it was pools for and five, which again, I mean, I had all the, you know, I had all the links that they send you. I, I, I somehow just didn't catch the end five part, which had I known that maybe I would have made more of an effort to get down there and just go at least look at pool five. But there was so much water in pool four that I hadn't even looked at that I didn't have time to. So, I mean, I'm not even hundred percent sure I would have done that, but I mean, at least, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I, it, it's water under the bridge or water under the, um, lock, which I feel, I feel like I should do that. Even though, even though the TOC is done and over with, and, um, I almost just took a shot and went to pool five because you have to go through a lock and dam and I've never done it. I've just never done it. And, uh, I think it'd be kind of a cool experience. So I, did, I didn't do it. Um, still something I need to experience, but I mentioned it because it seemed like the bigger bags came out of pool five. Um, it didn't seem like it, um, it, it did like the bigger bags did indeed come out of pool five. Uh, so th- these are people that did a lot of scouting. Uh, they put in their time, they earned, you know, their placement in this tournament. They fished really well and brought in some really, really nice fish. There was a 21-pound bag brought in day one. Holy smokes. I think the next closest person was like 17 pounds and something. So, like, just blew it out of the water. But And this is a two-day combined weight. 
um, is how the, the Minnesota TOC goes. So anyways, let's go ahead and, and recap that. So they, you know, you get your boat draws and I'm boat 41 in the very end of flight two for day one. Now the way these work, they reverse the next day. So, um, really no change. So the next day it switches. I'm number 42 and that's the first boat for flight three. So yeah, that was <laughs> not the greatest place to be in as far as boat draws go. Cause you'd be like, well, at least it wasn't last. Yeah. But at least if it was last, I'd have been first the day before. So take off going to my, my main juice spot where during the club, it was, it was, I caught fish there like right away and I'd get like one really good one, like right away. Like it just like owned that, that spot, that wing dam. And so I go racing up there and sure enough, there's a boat on it. And I'm like, Oh man, but there was enough room like kind of where I had been fishing it, like the direction or angle that I'd been fishing it, that was still open and I could get in there without really feeling like I was impeding on the other team just you know kind of proper bass fishing tournament fishing etiquette you know i didn't want to crowd that person out i couldn't like cast into their boat or anything we weren't we weren't that close um but i'm I'm casting around and just not getting bites i'm seeing some little fish breaking the surface and um you know we're, we're close to do earshot and so my co-angler that day um greg he was talking to him, and it sounds like they got there, um, you know, well, obviously they got there before we did, and, like, right away they said they pulled, like, the first cast was a three-and-a-half-pound smallmouth. It's like, oh, this is why I like this spot. Damn it. And I think they caught, like, two more fish. So they had three in the box already. Um, well, one caught one, and the other one caught two. Because it's in, you're, you have two people in the boat, but you're fishing individually. So the boater has his own five. The co-angler has his own five. And there's two separate, um, should have set this up. There's two separate categories for the TOC. You have the boater side and the non-boater side or the co-angler side. And the top 10 boaters and the top 10 co-anglers then make the state team and go on to the regionals. So they're not, you know, they're not fishing together. So I think one of them had one, the other one had two. So we fished there for a little bit and um, just nothing was going. I think I missed one. So it was time to kind of kind of go exploring. So I kind of worked around, um, tried the backside. No, I take that back. I'm mixing my days up. So from there, I went and I tried this other wing dam that was really close to there, like just trolled over it. And I had caught, in our club, I had caught a smallmouth off of there. So I went over there and tried that. Didn't get any bites there. And then straight across the river was uh, a couple like little points with some riprap rock on it that the weekend of our club events, there was a bunch of people fishing it, like a bunch of people stopped there. I never really fished it. And for whatever reason, I hadn't seen anybody go there yet that day. So I'm like, well, I mean, there was obviously fish over there at one point in time. They kept going over there. So I ran over there real quick and we, so we tried that out and, uh, no go didn't didn't get anything there um kept working up tried a couple more wing dams um and just yeah we're just not getting getting anything 
And then um, so McCoy Angler said he had a spot um, that he had gotten some action on uh, frogs. So I'm like, well, let's go. Let's go give that a shot. So we run up to his spot and we pull in this this place. Now I had fished close to this spot, but I never went all the way back into it. It doesn't really look like much, um, but we went in there. Man, we just started getting blow up after blow up, and <laughs> these things are just like missing the frog or they're just punching the frog. And then uh, I get a big blow up and set the hook, and it's a big fish. I mean, it's a big fish. I'm fighting this thing. It's getting tangle up in the weeds i can't really see it that good i'm pulling it up to the water and finally get its head out of the water and it's just a big old dogfish it's like oh no uh, all i can say if anybody's ever listened to this podcast before i have an affinity for dogfish like i like catching them they are a ton of fun and this was a perfect example why like he crushed that frog but doesn't do me any good on tournament day so i love them i just don't love them when i'm fishing a tournament <laughs> it's like oh man you gotta be kidding me so we keep fishing and uh i think i pull finally get one to bite in there and finally get my first fish in the box and i think my co did he go catch one back in there hmm, i think he did pretty sure he did anyways um but we had so many blobs and then so we fished this uh so right up from there is a wing dam another wing dam that i had had some luck on during the club events so i went up there and i cast in a, a white swim jig around and you know not getting anything and then all of a sudden it's like i, I get hit and catch a fish and we're kind of I don't know, we're on the upstream side of the wing dam, not kind of like where I was expecting to, to get bit, so I was actually kind of working my way around. But, boom, hook up the smallmouth, get him in the boat. I'm like, oh, sweet, there's there's another one. Throw him in the box, cast out there, boom, hook up like immediately again. So there's like a nice little school there. Reel him, get him in the box, cast up there again, nothing, cast up there again. I get hit, but I don't hook up. And then, and then that was kind of it. We worked that spot like a lot. I'm like, well, there's active fish on it, and they're keepers. So now I got three in the box. I'm like, all right, because the, the morning had started out pretty rough. And so I'm trying to remember what time it was, but we had been fishing for a few hours, and I hadn't had anything. And then finally got that one in the slop, and then shortly after that, two more for the three. So now I'm, I'm like, all right, got all day long. I just need to get two more. And then I got another frog spot to go check off, but – before we get there, I'm just kind of looking. I'm like, well, this if, if where we were just at had fish in it, there's another spot not too far up from this wing dam where I could see it. I'm like, well, I didn't really fish over there, but it looks kind of similar. Let's go check it out. So we go over there and throwing frogs around, uh, getting a blob. I think I catch a stupid pike. The pike were freaking everywhere. These things are just so irritating, but... My, the co out of the back of boat, even after I'd just been casting all over this area with no action, all of a sudden he gets blown up by a – didn't get a good look at it, but it was a big fish. Not quite sure what it was. Um, pretty sure it was a bass, though. It had very bass-like characteristics. And he throws back in there again and gets hit again, but doesn't – it's just not taking the, the 
bait is just not getting the frog. It's like it's just punching at it or swirling at it. It's like, oh, my God, that's a nice fish. And I'm fighting every urge to cast back in there. Like, maybe some boaters wouldn't do that or kind of have, I, I don't know. I don't like front-ending people. Um, like, I, I don't go out of my way necessarily to not like there's there's sometimes there's no way like around if you're you're working like a line of docks or something as the boater you're always going to get the first cast that's just that's just how it is there's no two ways around it but stuff like fishing these wing dams and especially fishing this junk there's really not a benefit of being in the front that much because everybody really has can, can cast anywhere and i had already passed that spot so i was like i wasn't just gonna back cast and you know he was working that fish and trying to get it and had it raised it twice couldn't couldn't get it to bite or like all right well we can check this we'll let him rest we'll we'll come back to this so we kept kind of fishing there worked up there was another wing dam just upstream so we trolled up that garbage like straight trash garbage there was no good there was like no rocks on it it's just like sand it's just garbage there's nothing on it didn't see any bait on it nothing i'm like all right let's get out of here Let's run into my uh, other frog spot that I had found um, when I was fishing my, my club events. And I'd kind of stumbled upon, well, I mean, yeah, I did stumble upon it, but that was kind of the point. It was like, was it the first day? I think it was the first day I was just went exploring because I was like, well, I think you know, at that point I'd only had two fish, I think. Maybe three, I don't remember. And it was getting towards the latter half of the day, and I'm like, well, this apparently isn't happening. I'm just going to go explore, learn some more of this river. And then I see this big green area. I'm like, ooh, that looks pretty largemouth bassy. Pulled in there and uh, did end up catching some fish on frogs in there. So that's how I found that spot. Run up there. Start in the same side I started before. Kind of worked at the exact same way. And uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Got the tip where I'd gotten my first, the tip of this point where I'd gotten my first um fish when i was fishing the club nothing i was like oh, maybe they're not in here go around the horn i'm like all right well these two bays kind of little indents here were good the last time i was here so we'll see and getting there oh man where'd that young come from sorry about that so um start casting in there working the frog and then then we start getting some blow-ups and i'm trying to think so this time I have three fish, I believe. Yes, I have three fish. And uh, getting there, and I'm getting blown, but I can't put anything in the box. My co finally hooks up, and he gets he gets a fish in the box. He gets, again, so I think he has two in there. I think he caught, I think he actually caught two off that spot. He ended the day with three fish. Nope, he only caught one spot. Well, one fish in that spot. But we had, again, a ton of blow-ups. Just a ton. And I actually had hooked a really good one back in there, and it got off. That happened to me on the club club event, too. I was like, oh, my God, you got to be killing me. Um, so we worked that whole thing. I'm kind of working back out. Nothing's really going. Um, we're like, well, let's go back to the other bay. They were blowing up like crazy in there um let's hit that spot where you where you missed that one big one we'll try that again so we, we hit that because it's on the way um nothing was dead silent then um tried that wing dam again nothing 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 not getting anything 
uh, we're working our way to that bay that we had um, hits on. And, uh, oh, that's right. Now it's kind of coming back to me. I did catch one on that spot the first time, but it wasn't really in the, it wasn't back in it. I would gotten a bunch of hits in there. It was actually kind of on our way out. I got hit in kind of a, I don't seem like a random spot. Um, but we were coming up to that random spot. And this time I'm not throwing a frog. I'm throwing my swim jig again. And I get hit, and it's kind of a spazzy hit, and I'm thinking, ah, oh, it's another stupid northern, because we're kind of just like in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there was like a stump there, but they weren't really relating to stumps. It was like just stump and sand, or appeared to be stump and sand. And uh thing jumps out of the water. I'm like, oh, crap, it is bass. So get that in the boat quick, throw that in the box. I'm, like, I'm up to four. And then cast back in there, boom, got hit instantly again. In that same exact spot, I'm like, oh, there's another hot school right here. So now I'm, I got my five. I'm feeling good about myself. I got hit again in there. Uh, didn't land it. He just hit the bait. And then my co caught one on that spot too. So that gave him three fish. And what we then it kept fishing that spot harder and harder. And what we found is that there actually like some there was some clumps of weeds in there that you just couldn't see very well. You could see them, and there and there was a bunch of other stumps that were under the water and stuff too. I was like, oh, okay, well, now it makes sense why the fish were there. And uh, so good news, got my five fish, pressure's off. Hopefully now we can, you know, upgrade a little bit. So we tuck back in that bay again, start fishing it. And um, I think we got a couple blow-ups in there, but nothing nothing like it was earlier in the day. But the weather had changed a little bit. The wind had kind of come up and was, was blowing in there. And uh, for whatever reason, that change the bite just enough or move the fish. Maybe they pushed them out. I don't know. And that's when I caught them kind of on the outside edge of it where that little school was, I, or they could have been there the whole time. I don't, I don't, don't really know what the answer to that was, but anyways, I had my five. <laughs> that's always what you want. You just want to get your five and then pressure is off. You can start upgrading at that point. Um, I feel like if you can get five, you stand a pretty good chance of, you know, placing fairly well. Um, so we run back um, to an original spot to hopefully find an upgrade fish. Didn't. Um, went to go check some other spots. Uh, There's another wing dam that he kind of knew about. Went and checked that out. Didn't catch any fish there. Did get in a hot bite of like some white bass one time, uh, but they were all little. Like we're we're working this uh, um, this wing dam spot. And all of a sudden, I could just see these fish breaking everywhere. I'm like, oh, crap. And the way the whole school is, like, pushing, I was pretty positive that they were going to be white bass. But sometimes you can get some smallmouth that will hang out there. If they're chasing bait. There could easily be, a, a you know, a school of smallmouth in there with them. So put on a small little swim jig or swim bait, threw it out there, just getting hit right away with those white bass. I think I caught four of them, and they were, they were tiny, dude. They were, like, I don't know, 10 inches or something. Probably not even 10 inches eight inches like they were they were tiny but they were aggressive so i, I just kept fishing it hoping that there would be a, a small mouth mixed in but no such luck so we we bailed on them we went and tried this uh, other spot i think he caught i think the co-hanger caught a couple short fish and then uh yeah we just worked our way uh around there went and checked out this other little um wing dam nothing 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 looked down at the phone it's like well Time's up. We got to get back. So 
had my five. It was not the greatest five in the world, but uh, there was five fish, and then he had three. So get back and and weigh them, and I think I had eleven eight five or no eleven five eight. I think something like that. Not all that great, especially when somebody weighs in a twenty-one pound bag. Good lord, almost twice as much what I had. That's just crazy. Uh, I mean, I knew that. I mean, I had five. I knew it wasn't going to place great, but it's you know, it's better than nothing. Anything can happen on day two. You never know. But um, I can't remember where that put me on day one. Hmm, I don't really remember. It wasn't that great. Um, middle of the pack, you know, something like that in the 30s, I think. So day two rolls around and um, get my my new my new partner, um, older gentleman named Tim Allen, and he kind of works out with uh, Minnesota helps Minnesota Bass Nation out. So that was he was a good dude. Uh, so uh, Greg was awesome too. Had a lot of fun fishing with him, and uh, Tim was awesome. So kind of was like, well, gonna do the same plan. Gonna start in my see if I can't get that first spot, and hopefully there's a a big fish on it and uh go from there and uh kind of feel like i have a, a milk run of of fish that are around so we're gonna go check it out so wait around boats are taking off and i'll keep in mind i'm first boat in third flight so i gotta wait a little bit longer the good part about that is that there's four flights and each flight weighs in um in half hour increments so flight one has to be back by three they're weighing their fish in flight two 330 flight three four 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 thirty seems to make sense right so the only good thing about being in flight three especially just beginning of flight three is you don't wait a half hour to take off like they start with one and a two and a three and a four and they just go in the order and everybody just kind of slowly gets in a line and goes out and as soon as you can get out where you can go full bore you just take off so in reality being in third flight gave me a little bit more time to fish so that part was good we didn't have to weigh in until four o'clock take off go i see a bunch of boats turn to the right to go downstream i'm assuming to go down to the lock to get into pool five because at weigh-in when you're talking to people that big bag came out of pool five all the really good bags came out of pool five which i had thought of that's when i was really starting to think like I'm fairly confident I can go and get five fish again tomorrow, but they're going to be the same quality of fish more than likely. Do I swing for the fences and just, you know, try to find a 17, 18 pound bag to, to put me in the running for the state team? Um, Cause you're pretty much in my mind. I'm thinking you need, you're going to need 30 pounds for the two days. And if I only had 11, do the math right i'm gonna have to come in with a monster bag but it can be done because one guy had 21 so it's not like it's impossible but not having any experience down there it would have been just almost dumb luck if i happened to stumble on a spot that was holding giant fish like that so i just thought no better just stick to what you know and hope for the best and hope some bigger fish have moved in or or biting or, or whatever so that's what i did take off um, head to that spot and nobody's on it to my surprise nobody's on it uh, 
So I pull right up to where I want to be and I start fishing and nope, <laughs> nothing. Um, again, some small fish were breaking around, but nothing crazy. And um, I think I, I missed one there. Yeah, I did. I got one hit and it missed it and it came off. I don't even wasn't even convinced it was a keeper, but it was a fish nonetheless. So we fished there for, um, I don't know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And I like, I'd promised myself I wasn't going to burn too much time in any one spot. Cause like it, in my limited experience there, they're either going to bite pretty quickly when you first get out there or they're not going to bite at all. And so I'm like, we're just going to keep going on the hunt. So from there, I kind of worked around it from the other angle. And then a boat kind of, a boat got in and was fishing where I was. So I couldn't really circle back around. I'm trying different angles, trying different stuff. Um, just not getting bit. And so then my mind goes back to, well, I'm looking down this, this chute on this river and it's all nice and green back there. And I'm like, well, you know what? This is again, kind of similar. You know, I'd wrote, wrote this off during the club events, but it's not all that different from the spot that we went to the day before. So what's even bigger, let's go check it out. Let's slip down here. So we start going down this chute and uh, it's looking good. I mean, I'm throwing frogs everywhere, not getting any bites. There's bait in there, some. So I'm like, God, I'm just surprised that I'm not getting, like not even northerns back here, like just, just nothing. And then the the farther we get back in this thing, and it, it joins back up with the channel. You can see it way back back there. But it's just getting more shallow and more shallow and more shallow. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it out this way. Because if we're not, then i got to turn all the way back up. And it's so shallow that I can't use a big motor. So I'm going to have to, like, troll my way out of here. It's going to burn up a ton of time. I was like, this little endeavor is going to end up costing us some precious time. We get to the end, and it's just, like, where it's going to join. It's so shallow and so weedy. Like, I have to pull the trolling motor up, clear all the weeds off, get back down in there. I'm, like, holding it, like, half in, half out of the water, just, like, chopping through the gunk. Finally, we actually get through it. So I'm like, oh, sweet. I don't have to turn around. And, uh, you know, there's just not much going on in there. And I do see a little beaver hut on the other side of this channel. So I go over there because those can generally be they can be good at times. So I, I cast over there with the frog. I get hit, misses it. I'm like, oh, all right, we got some life here. This is good. So we start fishing a little bit more. The co-angler, I think he was throwing a, a wacky. Yeah, Tim was throwing a wacky worm, and uh, he caught a couple short fish in there. I'm like, all right, so there is there is life back here. Well, now I'm looking to my right, kind of upstream at this other spot, and I'm seeing fish breaking up there. Now, that doesn't always mean anything. There's a lot of rough fish in this river. The carp like to break the surface, you know. But as I'm watching, I'm like, that's definitely not carp. That is, that's bass feeding. And as I look a little closer, I can see the nervous water there. I'm like, oh, there's a little wing dam up there. Well, actually, these are called closed dams because they go all the way across. But they're still like, you know, just barely into the surface of the water. And so we're going to work our way over there. We get over there, and yeah, there's just fish breaking. You can see minnows everywhere. I'm like, this looks really good. And I had a white popper, and I threw it out there and just immediately started getting crushed. Just crushing it. And a lot of short fish, but I'm actually getting some fish in the box. And uh, 
catch the co is just having a hell of a time. Like Tim, I'm just starting to feel bad. Like I, I was getting like bites at, at times, almost on every cast. And yeah, sometimes they didn't hit it. You know, they'd miss it, but some, well, most times they did. I mean, I don't even, I don't know how many fish I caught in that spot, but it was a lot. And, um, he was using a pretty similar bait, but it wasn't exactly the same thing I had. And I don't know if I was just working it different, which I don't think. I mean, I worked it. I got hit all sorts of different ways. You know, just regular popping it, pause, pop, pause, pop, pause. I'd get hit. Sometimes as I was, sometimes I'd be reeling in, like to make another cast, or you know, I had a weed or something. I'd reel in really quick, and sometimes that would trigger a bite. I'd catch one that way. Other times, you know, I'd pop it, and it'd be like a super long pause because I would be like dicking around with something else or like a you know backlash my reel or whatever and also boom one would hit it so it's like there wasn't a wrong way to work this bait they were just crushing everything it's or so it seemed but he was struggling to get bit so he's he's going back and forth between his top water and his senko and he was catching some short fish but he couldn't get a 14 incher which is the minimum size limit down there on the river anyways i i was able to um get my bag there i had my five and i'm like all right well there's five i just need some upgrades now and just downstream from there there was another little closed dam and then that went dropped off into even deeper water and and there was down timber in there and it just looked like a big bass spot like it it just screamed there's there's gotta be fish living here it just has and there was i ran into quite a few spots like that in the river and you can only beat your head against the wall (laughs) so many times and not actually pull a bass out of there where you're like uh but this one had bait around it, and we kept trying. Now, it did get hit a few times in there, and but, but missed it. So never really got, like, a, a good size reference. But there were spots where they'd be, like, some duckweed um, kind of caught up and making a floating mat by some of these down logs. And there's bluegills underneath. You can hear them popping. I even saw them a couple times. It's like, okay, <laughs> there's fish here. I just need to, I need to figure out how to... Like, um, like fish it to you know to, to like, like what's what's the best course of action? I tried jigs. I tried a flipping bait and uh, couldn't get bit. Uh, I did try a net head on one other side where it wasn't as deep. It was kind of just coming off that shallow flat, and I made a cast. And there's just enough wind where like looped my line and went over this like small branch coming off one of the down logs. Of course, I'm like oh, one spot the line could have gone so i'm reeling up to to go to put that off and it's kind of like dangling there i'm like oh perfect and a fish hits it (laughs) i'm like oh crap and it's a good fish and i'm like oh that's that's just perfect and then like immediately my line breaks because the the line was over you know it, it hit it put weight on it ran that line over that log and just pink and it, you know, it wasn't even really in the water, so there was didn't have the resistance of the water to help it. Like drag rod, nothing was, you know, it was just line, stick, fish, ended how you thought it would. So yes, a good fish does live in there, but I was not able to successfully get him out. That was very frustrating. Um, so from there, we fished that quite a bit. We had like. An, Especially once I saw that there was a fish there, we really tried to to milk that out, but wasn't really happening. So I thought, well, let's tear off, let's let this whole area rest, and let's go check out our 
frog spots from yesterday. We saw that big fish on that other spot that we didn't land. We're going to go try that. Try that wing dam, the other frog spot, and just kind of milk run spots I know have fish. So that's what we do. We te- we tear out of there. Well, tear out of there. You kind of got to gotta, you gotta go kind of slow. You got to get above that first closed dam, and then you can kind of take off and go around. But So we take off. We go to that first um, spot and actually saw a fish. I saw a smallmouth like on the entrance of going back to that little small bay where the frogging bay. Tried to, um, tried to get it. I was trying to coach Tim like where to, were to cast but he couldn't see it and i and i kind of kept losing it i don't think it was that active a fish i actually have a just by looking at it it i'm guessing it was probably a released fish from the tournament the day before and he's just in there recovering but anyways weren't able to get that one slipped in there threw around and just wasn't really getting anything so went way back in there um and tim did get a blow up like right away uh, but didn't get, didn't hook up. I'm trying to think if we caught any fish back there. Um, really didn't have many hits. Did get a few more hits. Caught a pike back there. And then I don't think he got one. I'm trying to remember. I think he had one fish at this point, And I think he got it back down on the original spot. So we leave there, hit that kind of area where I'd doubled up on largemouth the day before and nothing there. There was a, a boat working the um, working the upstream, or actually downstream wing dam, so I could only kind of work it from one side. And, but I was able to get to where I had encountered my bass the day before. Nothing going on there. Went and tried that big fish spot where we got blown up on and that was super dead. Like, we didn't get a single strike in there. So we tear off to my other frogging spot, and uh, we're working that, and uh, do start getting some blow-offs, but it wasn't great. Um, Yeah, he, I mean, Tim was getting some good blow-ups back in that spot, and he was using, like, a dark, like a, a brown-colored frog, and I had a white frog on, and he was definitely getting more action on that than I was. I was... I was thinking about changing colors, but then, I mean, he wasn't really hooking up. So, and I don't think that was his fault. The fish just seemed to not be, like, fully committing to it. And I think we caught a couple there, but I don't think I upgraded. No, I think I did make one upgrade back in there. Um, and he just, he kept getting hit, but couldn't just couldn't sink the hook into him. Just kind of how it was going. But that's kind of how it was the day before. I mean, we had way more strikes the day before and it still didn't really result in fish like they just were missing it for some reason um so we're kind of we're getting into the day now we're like all right well we want to make make sure we leave enough time to get all the way back to that original spot just because we know there's so many fish there and i like i had my five i'd made some upgrades i just wasn't sure how many more upgrades i was going to get there and to be honest I wasn't in contention at this point to make the top 10. I mean, the bag that I had, I mean, I got my five, and that's great. Um, and it's really great. I'm actually pretty proud of that. Um, but they weren't the fish that you want that, that are going to win it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so far, like, having that 
plus pound bag that I would need to be in contention for the top 10, it's just not going to happen. Especially now we have like two hours left in the day. Like this isn't, I mean, I guess a person can get lucky, hit the right spot and down log and boom, 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 catch, you know, three, five pounders and you're, and you're right in the mix, but pretty unrealistic. Um, so my focus kind of switched to like, I really want Tim to get his five. And I was like, your best bet is back in our original spot where there's just fish everywhere and they're actively feeding. Um, I mean, there's no guarantee they are when we get back there, but they were active all morning long. So we decided to do that. Tear off. Got to go through the no awake zone right to downtown Wabasha there. We get to the side, tear off. We get back into our spot, and they're still busting. Like, the fish are still active on this closed dam. It's kind of crazy. And uh, I'm throwing – I just stick with what's been working for me, uh, that popper. And they're not – it's slowed down a little bit. I mean, maybe because we took some fish out of there. I'm not sure. But it slowed down a little bit. But then I was just getting the part where I was going to about take off that popper and try something else and then I would get hit and I got hit again and so there's it kind of ebbed and flowed like little flurries of activity and if you could it when one would bust or boil or surface if they were within casting distance I would say three out of five times you're going to get that fish to bite and so he's started doing that and he had definitely had more luck um using like a, a his wacky Senko and so he'd throw that out there, and he got hit and uh, started catching some fish. And I was like, we got him with the four. Like, come on, dude, we just need one more. just need one more to get that five. And uh, we fished the hardest. So we slipped off of that, went down to that lower part again. It's like, well, let's see if we can get that big one to bite. I didn't raise him, couldn't get anything there. But he did catch one down there on his wacky that went in his bag. And uh, I think that was number five, pretty sure. So slipped back up to the first closed dam, and we pretty much finished out the day there. And, uh, yeah, that was it. We got our five, headed back to scales. Now, on our way, I should have checked earlier. Not that I don't think it would have changed the outcome, but the fish were freaking out in the live well, which they do a lot. You know, jump up and you can, you can hear them hit, and it sounds like the live well is empty, and you go and look, and it's full. They just literally jumped out of the water and, you know, hit the, hit the lid or whatever. So I'd heard that when we are at that last frogging spot, and so I kind of like, oh, I should take a peek at those fish. But I was like, ah, oh, it's just that lid thing, which may or may not have been the case. But when we got back to that spot and he went to add a fish, there wasn't, there was hardly any water left in that live well and my pumps were not going. I was like, what in the heck? And so, and already some of my fish were not looking good. I was like, these are for sure going to die. Um, which is a quarter pound penalty per dead fish. I was like, oh my god! And like at least three of mine were not looking good. And the one, the one, his biggest like smallmouth that he had, he'd freshly caught. That one was already not looking great. Um, so I went in the back and I took the the pump off and looked at it. You know, like what's going on and and clean water in there. But around the propeller or impeller, I guess, on this pump was a bunch of line and like living skirt material off a jig or a, or a like a spinnerbait or something. It's like, how does that get down in there? Like, I didn't pump anything from my live. There, there's no lures in my live well, unless a bass like had swallowed it or something. I had to have actually like driven over it with the boat just enough that it got sucked into the intake. Like, what are the chances of that? 
So anyways, I took that off, plugged it back in, hit the button, still nothing. So must have burnt that burnt that motor up. It's like, you got to be shitting me. So now I'm bailing water into my live well, trying to do my best to keep these fish going. And, um, yeah, we ended up, I ended up losing three fish. Three died of my five, and one died of Tim's. But it was, and it was just, well, it's his biggest one. Not that it really matters, a quarter pound either way. Um, but that was the freshest one that he caught. So I don't know why. I don't actually don't think that that one had anything to do with the water. I'd, I think that had something to do with the way he must have nicked a gill or, or something. I'm not quite sure. But so that was kind of a drag. Went back in and weighed. I actually thought I didn't have as good of a bag as I did the day before, but I ended up weighing more. So the first day I had. 11, 5, 8, and then this day, Sunday, I had um, a little over 12, so it was a little bit more, uh, but with the three-quarter pound penalty for the three dead fish, it dropped it down to three eight or 11, 8, 5, so that was my, that was my tournament, that was the TOC, at least I got my five, um, both days, pretty impressed with that, um, in a, in a, uh, in a field of, I think it was 91 registered boaters, um, only 27 people weighed a full bag each day. So that's pretty good. I felt pretty good about that, and I wasn't the weight. Now, granted, there was a couple of the guys that went like 10 and 9 or 9 and 10, or not 9 and 10, 9 of 10, so 4 and 5 or 5 and 4, whichever it panned out. But they weighed a lot more than me. So they were catching bigger fish. They didn't, you know, they didn't need the full limit to beat me. But um, probably they were fishing big fish spots. So not getting a lot of bites, but getting the right bites. And, again, it sounded like most of that came from Pool 5, which I didn't even go into. uh, Have no experience on whatsoever. So, you know, it's hard to say. But walking away from it, I, you know, and and the, the guys that did really well, are from the clubs that fish this stretch of river regularly. Like it's in their normal uh, league schedule. They've been fishing it for many, many, many years. They're familiar with the water. So pretty, I'm pretty happy with what I did with what little knowledge I had. I mean, with that last day of the tournament, total day spent on that body of water was four. <laughs> and I was able to get – and I got a limit – all four days. You know, I'm gonna take that as a moral victory. You know, I don't I'm maybe maybe I'm overselling it to myself. I'm not sure. Um, but I feel pretty good about it. Like yeah, did I win did I did I win it? No, did I get the right kind of fish? No. But um I felt like that was a pretty good feat. So I finished 29th overall for both days. So Fishing against some absolute hammers. Fishing against people that know that water really well. I went in there with very limited knowledge, and I was still able to finish in the top third. I am going to take that. I'm going to take that as a boost of confidence on my ability to read water um, and make the right decisions. Now, I can't really say I fished clean because I lost a lot of fish, especially the first day. It was like the frog bite was just ridiculous, but that sounded like that was universal. And back at weigh-in, talking with everybody else, that the, they just weren't committing to the frog. They were, like, punching the frog or striking behind it or whatever. But still, and I, you know, 
had a couple on that I lost. So I can't really say that I fished clean per se, but I fished pretty good. Um, I think I, I felt like I made the right decisions to move at the right time. And, you know, one could say, well, you got lucky finding that clothes dam. It's like, well, yes and no. I mean, I, I made the decision to let's go try to find something. And the first kind of stretch didn't pan out, but then I found that. And it's like, well, if we wouldn't have found that, we wouldn't have caught any fish. Well, not necessarily, because if there wasn't any fish there, I would have kept going. Who knows what else I would have found. Maybe I would have found, maybe that actually hindered me. If I would have kept going, maybe I would have found a little sneaky big fish spot way back in there. Because nobody, and I mean nobody, was going back where we were at. I didn't see a single boat anywhere, even attempt to come down by where we were at. So I don't, I think these fish just got completely left alone, which is why they were just so on fire, even after, you know, all the days of pre-fishing and practice and the tournament the day before, they are completely unmolested back there. So I don't know, you never know, I might have found something better, but the fact that, you know, I hate leaving fish to find fish, and they were there, they just weren't the right ones, but, but they weren't bad ones either. Again, I weighed more the second day than I did the first day, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. And I didn't wreck anything on my boat other than my live well, which I still got to fix. And there's a handful of people that can't say that. <laughs> I think I think Daniel Fabiano uh, from Arsenal's, I think he he wrecked his prop on day one. Um, there's a couple of people that had issues. Paula, she, who, um, she fishes some of the events with Loon State, but she's also in uh, Sportsman's, I believe, is the name of the other club. And so she was fishing with Sportsman's for the TOC down there. Um, kind of right out of the gate, she took the wrong shoot. She went to pool five, and she had a good bag the day before too, and got uh, right up on a sandbar at like full speed. Took like three boats to get her off. The motor wouldn't, wouldn't start after that. And um, John Morales was her co that day. And John's been on this podcast before. I need to get him on again. And he was in contention for Team of the Year from on the co-side. And uh, he just needed a bag, which he was pretty confident he was going to get that day. And so he didn't make the team, but he only missed it by a little bit. But I guess they only had like an hour and a half of actual fishing. So, because the, the, their boat got wrecked. So that's... <sighs> that could have been a lot worse. I mean, I'm pretty thankful that all they did was hit the sand and get high centered on that sandbar because it's, from what it sounds like, there was hazards they could have hit either side of them and didn't, and, you know, hard hazard like rocks or something like that would have been, that could have been real bad. And so thankfully nobody got hurt. Um, hopefully the boat isn't wrecked too bad. Um, that's what insurance is for, I guess, but some stuff like that you just can't control. And some other people had some issues um, with hitting some wing dams and, and this, that, and the other thing. And um, that had happened to a couple guys in our club too. And I even I hit a couple wing dams, but re at real slow. It didn't do any damage, but it's just like, oh, crap, there it is right there. <laughs> Oops. And uh, during the TOC, I didn't hit anything. So I motored clean. <laughs> well, I can say that for sure. I avoided all hazards. And that was kind of my, like, I, and that may not have happened if I did go severely 
Like I went big time exploring and had I gone to pool five, not knowing who knows what could have happened in that experiment. So that's kind of why I said, you know, here's where I learned from here to here on the river and I'm just going to fish small and I'm just going to try to try to make it work within those parameters and didn't win, but I did get, I did get my five. So I'm pretty proud of that. So there's, there's your recap. Oh, and then um, the, the weekend, so that was Thursday and Friday. On uh, Saturday, it pretty much rained all day. It didn't do anything. And then um, Sunday, it rained, too, the, most of the morning. And I had to make a run in town, so I ran in town to get some stuff. And then kind of cleared up. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go check uh, my chanterelle spot, my mushroom spot, that I'd hit the weekend before with just enough su- success for a meal. But it's been a week, and we had some rain, so I was like, well, let's see. I'm not really expecting a whole lot, but we'll go in there. So I go back in there, and I can see... Some of the ones that I, I had missed, and they were already kind of old and dried up. But then I did start finding a few more uh, fresh ones and was able to get enough for a meal again. So that was good. And a lot of little little ones kind of growing up that I left. So there's I should be able to go back in there again. And with this rain, and there's a chance of rain again today, might get a, a legit good flush of those mushrooms and some other mushrooms too. We'll see. Um, the other thing I did, and I've never done this, but I harvested some, there was some fresh turkey tail mushroom and, uh, I was, I harvested some of that for the first time ever. So I'm going to make some tea or do something with that because that's, if, if you just like search turkey tail mushrooms and like the benefits of it, it's kind of crazy. Like they, they are insanely medicinal. So I'm going to give those a try, especially with all this pandemic stuff and COVID stuff. It, it It's a really big um, immune system booster. So probably not a, just get in the habit of drinking some of that. Um, maybe mixing some, making a, a super drink with some of that and some of the chaga that I have, which is also really good antiviral, antibacterial immune boosting elixir. So I'll do that too. Um, just do a little prophylactic, a little proactive, um, care for the, uh, dirty sea, the dirty Rona. Uh, but then as I just got back home, let's take care of my dog, Anna. And then my buddy Joel calls me. He's like, you want to go fishing? I'm like, yeah, I could be talked into that. And so we went out and, uh, headed to Chisago, went fishing. And apparently I'd for- in two days I'd forgotten how to fish cause I could not get bit. He caught a couple real nice ones actually. And, uh, I just, I was struggling. I had a couple bites, missed them. Um, Spot number one didn't pan out. We went to spot number two. We're fishing around there, uh, trying different things. I finally caught a fish. Amazing. Finally caught one. It wasn't a bad one either. Uh, It wasn't huge, but it was three, I suppose, maybe a little over three. And Joel caught a few more. And then the sky started getting dark. And I looked at the uh, radar, and I'm like, "Mm, yeah, if we stay here, we're going to get wet. And I didn't bring any rain gear. He's like, well, it looks like it's going to pass. I'm like, there's another one building right behind it. And the funny thing is, he's like, what do you got future radar? I'm like, yeah, I do with weather channel, but it's like, it's shitty. It's not accurate at all. So I went to it and I did the future cast on the weather channel app. And it showed like just that one little rain cloud that was already right next to us. And then nothing behind. And then like everything clearing up. Well, we decided to just leave anyways. Cause now those two, there was one that built up behind it, and it kind of filled in. It's like it's going to rain a long time, and it's already seven after seven, so we don't have an hour left of you know hour hour and a half of light left anyway. So uh, I'm just going home. 
Well, by the time I got back to my house, which is not far from there at all, it was legit storming. <laughs> Downpour, lightning, thunder, all of it. I pull up the, the radar, and it's completely filled in. Reds, orange, yellows, <laughs> like a, a big system. It's like, good job, Weather Channel. You're just killing it yet again. I mean, it's just unreal how inaccurate they are and can still actually call themselves the weather channel but anyway so was able to get a little bit more fishing in um and it was fun got to catch up with joel hadn't uh catch up with him i hadn't seen him in a, a couple weeks he was up at his cabin catching fish all week long smallmouth so he was having fun doing that but that's your uh that's your recap that brings us up to today uh, i'm recording this on a tuesday morning so I'll uh, upload it, and you should have it Tuesday morning, and we'll get into it. I don't really have anything to rant about. I'm sorry if you're hoping for a rant. I, I kind of did some research last night. I was perusing the interwebs trying to find something that kind of clicked in me to, to rant about or talk about in the outdoor world, and I just didn't really just didn't really see anything. Um, Game Fair, for those of you that are in the Minnesota area, that's kicking off this weekend. It'll be the next two weekends. Uh, I plan on being up there, so I'm going to go up there this weekend. That was the other thing. I was talking. He's like, what do you want to do next weekend with Joel? We talked about maybe getting a pigeon field, then going fishing, because uh, he had saw, he had driving around his work, uh, he drives for FedEx, he saw a big pigeon feed, and I was like, yeah, I'm down for that. And then hit up Nick J, and he's like, uh, Game Fair. I'm like, oh keep forgetting about that so i do plan on hanging out at the game fair so not sure i'm going to get much hunting and fishing in this weekend because i do plan on being there i will be at the uh, premier flight booth which is also um shares the space with uh, scott scott thrynan's mole gear booth so if you guys are up there on waterfall hill come in stop in say hi uh i'll be there so let's go get a beer together fun that's all i really got Thanks for listening, everybody. Whatever your passion, pursue it full scale. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.